If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blah Part of it is you don't put too much emphasis on how long you're able to visualize on something. One millisecond of a good thought is a is better than an hour of negative thinking. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grammaric Show. We are going to be chatting with John Nira a little bit later. He is over in China. Uh, he is quarantined, so he figured he'd come on the show. I mean, when you're quarantined, what else you got to do? Come on the Grand America Show. I was trying to figure a way we could get the Grand America Show into these people's lives. These poor people are stuck in their buildings. They could be listening to the show, laughing it up, having a time. Uh, Graham is here, fellow podcaster. Graham, coronavirus-free Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? Not bad. How you doing? Staying healthy? I can't hear myself. I don't know if I'm uh, on there. You sound fine. Is, really, eh? Maybe okay. you should just get better headphones again. No, it's not the headphones, dude. It's your voice. No. Anyways, uh, just yeah, just through. rebooting the computer, kind of scrambling around here, but that's okay. What else is new? You're always scrambling around. Yeah. Scrambling exactly. gram. Scrambling. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Like that rambling, scrambling gram. I think I've called you scrambling gram like a dozen times over the course of the years, but then you always like it. You're consistent. I like that. Yep. Yeah, I am. I like that about you. So how you been, buddy? It's only Good. been a couple of days since we were in the studio. Of course, I was uh, a little late for this interview because I was coming rushing out of the bush from my hunting trip, and uh, it was a fun one though. It's going to be a tough edit. It's like gonna we really got to, we're going to have to ask people for their patience on this one for sure. It's uh, it's a tough edit. The Chinese internet was not cooperating. No, they cut out, out several so, times. I mean, he he tried to answer the same question like ten times. So hopefully. And it was on visual. If you're not good at visualization and quantum meditation, like what do you do? So, you know what's funny is it seems like every time oh. we brought up coronavirus, connection goes down. I told I, to the point I told Ground to quit bringing it up. They don't want the Chinese guy. He's not Chinese actually, but he's in China. He actually said a couple of times, "I got to watch what I say because I'm in China." We asked him to comment on the Hong Kong riots, and he was like. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> and yet freedom and yet freedom is, you know, you've got more freedom in some ways and less freedom in others. You know, you can go down to the store, grab a beer and drink it on the you know sidewalk on your way home. That's fine. I seen a video of a dude getting drugged out of his car and beat the other day because he didn't want to get his temperature taken or some shit. It did not look fun. You want me to read uh, that, an email? I don't see how that's more freedom in any way. But I, I mean, what I was ways, saying, in some ways, there's way was, less. But so. my argument was though is that when, if it gets that bad here, I mean, these people are going to panic like a motherfucker. I oh mean, yeah, they know what to do. They all they all play the play. They all play ball when it we'll comes. We'll be to, no better than that when the panic breaks out. They'll be dragging people out of cars and kicking the shit out of them. I guarantee it. So I'll read. Oh, we got to introduce Michael. He's Some people got too. ran the fuck over the last time people were disagreeing in the streets. No, sometimes I just like listening to you guys. Ah, welcome to the show. Thanks for hey, joining us. Thanks for having me. Yep, always like to have you here. You're looking trim, bud. No, I'm not. I think you are. You're looking better. You're tightening up. 
your face is tightened up. No. You don't look. You look younger. I would say if I was just a dude on the street, I'd say, "Is Graham getting younger?" Come on, he does look boyish today. Yeah, it's because I'm podcasting. Is, is that it? I shaved today. I shaved on podcast day. That's why you shaved this morning. Yeah. Jesus Christ, you're like a shave twice a day, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read this before I forget. I got an email from John afterwards. So I this shaved might... a week and a half ago. <laughs> no, you didn't, did you? At least a week. So when you end up getting that scruffy beard. It's like a month. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You look good shaved, though. You should keep it shaved. I like to mix it up. Yeah. So anyways, I got an email from John afterwards. He's like, John thanks who? again. John, the, no, John. Yeah, here. this is just just to answer the, the question that. So he said it was a bit little. It was a little bit challenging getting into the metaphysical mind flow with all the Skype dropouts, but it is what it is. I think the video speaks for itself, and I really appreciate you guys helping to get it out there for people to access. I'm not sure if my full answer to you and Darren's visualization hack question got recorded, and I don't think it did. So if not, here it is. So in yes. your practice, you really only need one micro moment of pure in the perfect present thought to be effective at visualization. And that really clicks for me now. That's what he was trying to get at. Like, it doesn't have to be a long one, right? It just has to be that perfect moment, that just split second even of perfect visualization. Totally. So I agree to with that difference. That house thing for me is exactly it like that. that, right? I've never thought about it like that. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, that house it's I'm like moving that. into looks almost identical layout to the one I moved out of. And I was thinking, man, I want to live in a house like this. Yeah. How? Yeah. Perfect. So I think it's that state of relief. I think that's what the key was, is like, I just got into a new place after having no place for a while. And you just can finally take a giant breath. And for a couple of days, you're well, present. You, yeah. You like live in a knot and you find the thing that'll undo it. All you need is like the perfect balance point and then the energy can flow again. So it yeah. seems to work out, right? Yeah. You just have to find that spot of balance. So, it, so he continues on here. These perfectly achieved moments plant themselves as seeds into the super consciousness. Here they grow and manifest. Even if all you want to manifest is the ability to hold the consciousness for longer and longer periods at one point of attention. Visualize yourself accomplishing this. Plant the seed. Thanks again. Keep up the awesome work. Peace, love, joy, and bliss. John. And he's going to, I think he's going to send us a pogo mop too. Oh, was it pogo mop? Can you send me the link for that? Because I keep, I kept trying to find it when he was talking about it. And it yeah, didn't I'll seem to be, the, all the places I found didn't seem to be what he was talking about. Yeah, I'll send it to you right now. Excellent. So I'll have a little mop to clean the studio with. But you probably won't. So... Just keep your eye open for an email from me and open it. Can't you put Hey Darren in the title or something? I mean, that's working well. What's my percentage of opening at now? Like down, I think it dropped from 92 to 76 or something like that. <laughs> You're down to 76. Uh, I don't think it just gives me that. That's like, wouldn't that have been something if it would have just came in at that moment? Mm, what was it? I think it is. A, I can't remember. I think it's a monthly thing. So I'll get it here in a couple of days. It'll tell me what my grand percentage is. The, I mean, the sad thing is, is everyone else at 100%. And Graham was at 92, and he was upset. Well, that's and the thing. Last it month, seemed he good, fell but... to 76. But you know what it is, is I noticed that all of your invites are going to my junk folder for some reason, which is super fucked up because we're making the, 
were making the goddamn um, appointments through Outlook in the Outlook calendar. We're both looking Outlook, and my Outlook program is putting your invites into my junk folder. My so I went in there the other day and there's like 12 unread. Oh, that's from why. There. So that's a, that's a few of them. So that gets me a little bit. That's of a bit crazy. Why would they put in? That's what in I was just night? saying. And it's from, it's all outlook involved. I could see if it was like from speaking of, I'm trying to open mine. Sorry. I'm having a hard time paying attention because it's, you know, it's a piece ahead. of junk. Have you just told your email that everything that comes from Graham is junk? Like flagged Graham as junk. I might accidentally put one in a junk folder or something. Maybe that's it. Especially those invites. Maybe I did put one of them in a junk folder. But I swear I get a copy of it to RSVB too. And then... Yeah, I'm not sure you have to apologize to someone, I guess. Anyway. I don't want to apologize to him. Do I have to apologize? I don't know. You can, I got someone you can apologize to. For the Ooh. email. I got some sort of semi, uh, Ooh, semi nasty now? mail. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, do you want to do it? We don't have a jingle for that. We, oh, here we go. I got one. And you got, I need a clip cord too. Got a clipboard? There are internet trolls everywhere I scroll. No, that's not fair. That's not fair. It's a, a subscriber. Oh, why do you need the uh, the clipboard? Because I gotta I gotta respond. I'm in my response is a YouTube video that I wasn't. You can't play YouTube videos in the show. Why not? Because then YouTube's gonna pick it up. It'll get auto published in the YouTube. How much? Even how long? A couple minutes. A couple minutes. You're gonna play I a measurable. I always used to play. I always used to. Why is this all of a sudden a problem now? I used to always. Well, play I've never let your clip. That's the problem. Is your clips are always like three minute monologues or other shows. We're just playing other shows in the show. Okay, I'll give you the cord. Okay. But just remember, this cord has a little bit of responsibility with it. What does that? What does that mean? Not getting us kicked off YouTube for oh, copyright no. infringement. Well, I mean, this is the type of video that could do it too. So. Oh. oh boy, this okay, isn't that. that. Okay, hi, this isn't that. It shouldn't be. Set up. Is it? No, of course not. <laughs> you should see the videos this guy's getting me to watch off offline. <laughs> hey, what do you think about this? I could tell. I could tell I was in for a treat when the way he comes shuffling into my office, all shady like. He's like, I just sent you a video. I want to know your thoughts. You got to watch it though, and you got to just just let me know. <laughs> I have to, if, if I send him something that I really need him to watch, I have to like specifically say, please watch this. Like I almost have to sit him down and say, watch it now while I'm here. But you understand he's afraid to watch it at this point. Right? <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to watch it later. Today. Okay, I'm, I'm really curious on your take on it. I, I really want to know. I mean, I'm not just doing it for the, <laughs> the fear mongering or anything like that. So, hi, Darren and Graham. I've stopped sending you my small monthly support amount because I can't stand hearing you promote ideas that seem to me to be out of touch with reality and which promote doubt on the topic of climate. Oh, boy. I know your podcast is a place to discuss interesting and way out ideas, usually on topics that have some evidence, but usually can't be examined with the benefit of real information and hard data. On the topic of the current climate disruption, you both seem to be focusing on wacky ideas and ignoring what is happening in the real world. The final straw was your talk with Jindo and his comment that carbon is good and actually lowers temperature because plants absorb it. You didn't challenge him, but went on to discuss someone that claims the Great Barrier Reef is doing fine. <laughs> but he Nothing went on the to lawsuits. worry about. 
Exactly. But I didn't, obviously I didn't articulate that very well. And I mean, I probably shouldn't have said that the reef is fine. I don't know that. But my point was that, that the lawsuits were all won against James Cook University or whatever it is. And, uh, and they were about the, the, the barrier reef. So living in Australia, seeing and breathing the smoke from bushfires in a capital city and seeing on the nightly news images from the recent bushfires, such as people stranded on beaches. Well, that actually the nightly news could be the problem too, but I can't believe we have a bunch of listeners still watching the news. Such as people stranded on beaches with smoke filled skies behind them gives me a different perspective. Well, it's probably not as bad as the American news where they actually fake the storm and have people like walking by in the back in shorts and stuff like that. I mean, the American newscasters have been busted many times of faking storms. So I'm sure it's not the same in Australia. So uh, gives me a different perspective. He says huge amounts of forest has burnt some of some of it rainforest that has dried out due to successive years of low rainfall areas that have never been burnt before. I'm not sure how you can ignore all this and rather believe that scientists around the world are in a global conspiracy. If you want real information on climate or the bait, the great barrier reef, how about you interview someone like professor Terry Hughes, rather than someone that tells you back in the seventies, an ice age was predicted and therefore global warming is a hoax regards Damo. Demo. Demo. Yeah. Thanks. So anyways, yeah. Thanks for the feedback. Appreciate it. You think he's still listening? I don't think so. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. That's okay. Man over. I mean, hey, hey, that's a touchy subject. I mean, you know, people want to say, oh, all of a sudden we're ignoring other things and climate because we think that there's a global conspiracy. Well, there's been a lot of fraud. Do we have a lot of shows on I climate? Get, uh, well, we've had some scientists on and they, they provide a different perspective. But not like a lot. No, but we've had a few scientists on. We've talked to scientists ourselves about it, you know. No, I don't think I mean, we like, should be we... polluting, though. I mean, I don't think we should be. That doesn't mean that we're ignoring, you know, everything and that we should be polluting and that we don't have an impact. Of course, we have an impact, but I don't like the fear mongering of blaming the citizens on that we're causing all the climate change. And there was, and I so I replied to him nicely, of course. Of course you did. There was fear mongering in the 70s about, the, about melting the poles to stop the big freeze. I mean, this was a Time Magazine article. I don't know what Poland got to do with it. Right? The poles. <laughs> so anyways, I got, a, I got a clip. This is the clip that uh, I wanted to play. So Anyway, my point is I don't even think, think we spend that much time talking about climate change. To like cut your support and quit listening to the show. What is it like one every twenty episodes? Yeah, but it's something that we we yeah we we talk about it quite often. I think really? yeah. I was doing a whole segment on it with geoengineering oh, right. and all that. That's right. Yeah, but I pointed them I, to Jim Lee. Check out Jim Lee's video. But then I mean, that's check like, out Tony Heller. Those are different perspectives. There's that, other stuff going on. He should have dropped out like years ago, though. Yeah, I mean, we quit doing that segment years ago. Yeah. Okay, ready. Opinion who put the great. This is from the Outsiders. In academia. He's the Marine's geophysicist and former professor. When is James this from? Cook. Sorry, I did it again. February James 1st. Cook University. Typo, obviously. This year? Uh, Peter Reed yep. was the head of the physics department from 2009 to 2016 and head of the Marine Geophysical Laboratory at that institution for 15 years. But as we all know, he got punted. And then took them to court and won, and they're now appealing. Peter Ridd, welcome back to Outsiders. Great to see you, mate. 
That's it. Well, I thought maybe I'd just split it up a little bit so you don't oh. get all like slightly. Maybe in smaller chunks, it might be okay. Oh no, I just think yeah. Let's just play the. In, the why don't we just play the whole outsider show and we don't need, we could just get out of here <laughs> super early. Now, Peter, just tell us before we get into the coral reef and all that's happening up there. Uh, the rest of the world needs to be told what is actually going on up there. Why don't just we just have this guy in the show? Where you're up to on your appeals and your sure. so and so with the legal case we'll against down. James Cook. Uh, well, the appeal What's will be name? held, we think, sometime in May. We're waiting for reputedly one of the uh, Australia's most well-paid barristers to put together the uh, JCU's case, and we will uh, know what that will be sometime in February. Excellent. Well, we wish you all the best of luck, and most uh, certainly most Australians, certainly all outsiders, are wishing you good luck in that. Now... Um, there was a big story over the, over the Christmas break, which was ignored by pretty much everybody, uh, where they came out, a study came out and concluded, uh, and, and you can give us the correct story, but basically that uh, they looked at a study by James Cook University and found that they couldn't replicate it, a failure to replicate of 100%. <laughs> Sounds pretty damning. Talk us through it, Peter Ridd. Uh, well, it was actually eight even more studies from James Cook Universities which were looking at the effect of climate change on coral reef fishes. Uh, some of these fish were supposedly doing really strange things in high carbon dioxide atmospheres. Uh, they'd, instead of swimming away from predators, they'd swim towards predators, they'd lose their eyesight and do other strange things. Anyway, a group of scientists, uh, international scientists, who I call the Magnificent Seven, um, tested these eight studies and found them to be 100% wrong. <laughs> That's pretty damning. 100% wrong, eight studies. And this is James Cook University, and yet they punted you for, in my opinion, telling the truth. Um Anyways, that's. I think I don't think Darren's going to want to listen to that whole thing. It's only like nine f minutes long, but I'll put it in the show notes, and they get into how institutions, it's not science that's the problem, it's the institutions. I think I and found the, his Facebook And the fraud page. and stuff like that. So, yeah, maybe we'll have Peter Ritt on. Maybe we'll have the real scientist on from uh, that he suggested as well, who's still working for James Cook. Well, maybe we should have both on job. the same maybe time. We'll have a little debate. Ooh, another debate show. That could be the climate debate. I know Peter will be in. Well, I don't know that. I don't even know Peter. I just actually learned about him like 20 minutes ago. But Anyways, I should have uh, spoke a little bit more accurately on this YouTube video that I was talking about. So We forgive you. Actually, well, he don't. But it's a really good that, video because it also talks about the, the big picture problem with science and institutions right now. Cost us two bucks a month. Yeah. Unless you're crazy. But we appreciate the feedback. We do appreciate it. Because what happens is we, you know, PayPal drops people and we just never know whether they left it themselves or PayPal says, oh, that we took you off the subscriber thing yeah. and we didn't, so... It's, good I, it's nice know. if you're going to leave the show, just let us know why. Yeah. Then we know that it's um, PayPal fuck up. Yeah. You know? Let me know you just hate us. Yeah. And we'll read, your, <laughs> we'll read your exit speech on the air. Wait till totally. you hear the, yeah. wait till <laughs> hear the vaccine, and wait till you so hear the vaccine well. debate. We'll probably lose a bunch more people when I, when I get the next vaccine person on, anti-vaxxer. That'll be interesting. Why are you lining something up? Oh, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Are you going to tell me? Is it going to be a surprise? I'm going to create a whole new segment. It's 1,200 studies against the efficacy of vaccines. Ooh, we need a jingle it's for a big that. Book. It's a big book. You wow. found it? You bought it? Yeah. Um, look, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I got it in PDF, but it's huge. It's like massive. I think huh. in my voice dream, it's like 25 hours long or something like that. So, Well, send me the name. I'd like a hard copy the in the studio, and then we can maybe read some of the studies. Send me the name and I'll order you so, the book. Yeah. We'll lose another couple people from that, I'm but sure. But we'll gain even more because we got you lovely bastards going out there, and ladies, going out there and spreading the word 
letting people know about the Grand America show because uh, YouTube doesn't tell people about us and nobody is like, nobody, none of the corporations are sharing the show in their algos. So we need you guys to share the show in your algos by tweeting it, Facebooking it, emailing it, telling your friends. I mean, maybe some of you want to stick some stickers on some shit. We got a whole room in the chats where people post pictures of tagging Grimerica. Bill, I was trying to convince him to put one in the White House, but he said that's a bit much. So I think he put one in the restaurant across the street. Yeah. Bill Anderson? The St. Regis. Bill Anderson? Grimerica sticker. What about at the farm? I mean, could he... I don't CIA know. Training Grim- Bill is I mean, dropping Grimerica stickers all over the place. It's fantastic, I mean, and he posts pictures whenever he now. does. Oh, probably. I'm pretty sure Bill is CIA. Um, and then it's I funny mean, how we originally laser, nicknamed, nicknamed him that right at the, the beginning. We must have known. Yeah. And then we got Laser likes to write Grimerica show on porta potties and stuff. But hey, I mean, no such thing as bad publicity, right? Sure. That's probably our audience, construction workers. Listen to the show at work. Uh, speaking of which, let us know where you listen to the show, how you found the show. Spam Graham, with your feedback, your experiences, do you have any spam for us? Or should I go into the begging for money part of the show? Yeah, you can do that while I look up something quickly, and maybe Michael can read the quote of the octopus of global control this week, which is the highlighted one up there. Well, please I'm find something for, I'm going to find something appropriate for this episode. Please head over to grammarica.ca slash support today. Uh, you're our only stream of support. And like we say, we had a bit of a rough winter on the support wing. I don't know what the value of the show is going down. Maybe the value of the show is just going down and, uh, you people aren't getting as much value from it. If that's the case, let us know like this fella did. And, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, but if not, if you are still finding some value from the show, from the 400 shows in the back catalog, all for free, head over to grammarica.ca slash support today. Sign up for monthly on Stripe, uh, PayPal, or Patreon, all of which are lovely. Help us pay the rent. Help us pay the hosting fees. Help us pay all those little things and help us help us grow the show uh, and do our little events like we do at Contact at the Cabin and those sorts of things. Uh, stay tuned for a list of Grammarica audio books and things like that. That'll be available for purchase soon. That'll be another way to support the show. But for now, just a little value for value is fantastic. Grammarica.ca slash support. And uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other ways in the show notes. You can support the show. You can review this show in iTunes, wherever else. I, the only place I really know is iTunes. I'm sure there's a bunch of other places. But uh, yeah. Head over there, grammarica.ca slash iTunes will get you there. If you're on an iPhone or an Apple device, that'll pop you right into the iTunes store. Bang, five stars. Leave a little review. There you go. That helps us in some algos somewhere, I'm sure. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. Uh, like us on Facebook. And spam Graham. Oh, you got my fucking clip cord. See, it comes with responsibility. <laughs> I should have given it back. <laughs> All right, here, I'll read the quote. Okay, thanks, Michael. Wait, you can't read the quote. You don't just read the quote. We need Why? the jingle. There's a jingle for that. It, sorry, it's not ready, but it's not ready because Graham stole the clip cord. That's UFO quote. I can never find... Oh, here it is. It's the profound quote of the week. Jeez, I still haven't speaking fixed of that. responsibility. <laughs> it's, been, it's been like three months. Wait, let's try this one.
profound quote of the week. God damn it, it said it was 34 seconds. It's okay. It's okay. We got it. It's we got not the point. okay. We got the point. All right. Conspiracy theorists of the world, believers in the hidden hands Oops, of the Rothschilds and the Masons <laughs> and the Illuminati, we, the skeptics, owe you an apology. You were right. The players may be a little different, but your basic premise is correct. The world is a rigged game. Yeah. Love it. Matt Taibli. Taibi. Taibi. Matt Taibi. Rolling Stone. Right awesome. On. That's not, no, that was Michael Hastings that got drove into a tree for yeah. his little escapades against generals. Yeah. Free press, baby. Uh, what else you got? I got a project operation. For no. Yeah, dude. What do you mean? Right. It's got to happen. Really? I had a jingle for that. No, I don't feel like pulling it out right now. I don't have it. What? You don't? All right. Oh all right. God. All right. Fine. We finally got a, a, you know. No, it's in the email. It's okay. I can get to it quickly. Uh, da, 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 da. You want me to read another quote? Um... What? No, I'm ready. Don't steal. Oh. The government hates competition. <laughs> Who's that from? That's a sign sitting on Ron Paul's desk. Ron Paul? He's part of the problem. Thanks, buddy. So I would, I would, I'm going to just read one here that's from Wikipedia, but I was thinking of uh, reading some weather modification ones just for that climate change little sure. discussion we had earlier. I mean, there's a ton of these project operations and there's uh there's more project operations than our operation project, projects. Project lack large area coverage. I know that off the top of my head. Project uh, Popeye. Was Popeye? There's a whole bunch of that. Popeye was the one where they they flooded the Ho Chi Minh Trail in Vietnam ah. with all the clouds and the rain, and it was discovered only because of a actual uh, reporter that's actually doing his job. Um, so Ten minute I'm, warning. But what I'm going to read is um, live with an interview in ten minutes. Yeah, I got everybody. Okay. Project Storm Fury. Ooh, Storm Fury. great name. So Project Storm Fury was an attempt to weaken tropical cyclones by flying aircraft into them and seeding with silver iodide. This is from Wikipedia, so I'll take it with a grain of salt. But there's lots so of Maybe this should just be the Wikipedia on. segment. Oh, come on. The uh, project was run by the United States government from 62 to 83. The hypothesis was that silver iodide would cause super cold water in the storm to freeze disrupting the inner structure of the hurricane, and this led to seeding several Atlantic hurricanes. However, it was later shown that this hypothesis was incorrect, apparently. It was determined that most hurricanes do not contain enough supercooled water for cloud seeding to be effective. Additionally, researchers... That's why I, take, I say take it with a grain of salt. Additionally, researchers found that unseeded hurricanes often undergo the same structural changes that were expected from seeded hurricanes. This finding called Storm Fury's success 
success is into question as the changes reported now had a natural explanation. The last experimental flight was flown in 71. So just, you know, a little bit of context. Back in the 60s, actually goes back to the 40s. They're cloud seeding, trying to fuck with the weather way back then. And they do it over millions of fucking hectares in Russia and China and all over the place. And is that taken into account? I think small scale is okay. Like at a ski resort and well, to make it, it all over the certain place, places so. if you had a small plane, but there yeah, should that, be a that limit That affects to the it. weather though. But it's the military. And the, it affects the weather. They can do whatever they want. Well, the last experimental flight was flown in 71 due to the lack of candidate storms and a changeover in NOAA's fleet. Project Storm Fury was officially canceled after the last modification experiment. <laughs> So cloud seeding, so the hypothesis cloud seeding was first attempted by Vincent Schaefer and Irvin Langmeier. This is what Jim Lee talks a lot about. After witnessing the artificial creation of ice crystals, Langmeier became an enthusiastic proponent of weather modification. Schaefer found that when he dumped crushed dry ice into a cloud, participation, precipitation in the form of snow resulted. With regard to hurricanes, it was hypothesized that by seeding the area around the eye wall with silver iodide, latent heat would be released. This would promote the formation of a new eye wall. As this new eye wall was larger than the old, the winds of the tropical cyclone would be weaker due to re reduced pressure. So even a small reduction in the speed of hurricanes' winds would be beneficial since the damage potential of a hurricane increased as the square of wind speed. A slight lowering of the wind speed would have a large reduction in destructiveness. So anyways, due to, due to his efforts and the research of Schaefer at GE, the concept of using cloud seeded to weaken hurricanes gathered momentum. And this is back in 46 by seeding a cloud and, it caused, and caused a major snowstorm in December 20th, 1946 by seeding a cloud. This caused GE to drop out for legal reasons. So in 46, they thought it worked. And then Project Cirrus, that was the first attempt to modify a hurricane. It was a collaboration by GE, of course, and the U.S. Army Signal Corps and the Office of Naval Research and the U.S. Air Force, all participating in Project Cirrus. After several preparations and initial skepticism by government scientists, the first attempt to modify a hurricane began October 13, 1947, on a hurricane that was heading west to east out to sea so they had these uh two aircraft go out there da, 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 da. and they dropped nearly 180 pounds of dry, crushed ice. dry ice into the clouds the crew reported pronounced modification of the cloud deck seated next the hurricane changed direction and made landfall near savannah georgia georgia the public blamed the seating and langmire claimed that the reversal had caused, been caused by human intervention, and Cirrus was canceled, and lawsuits, lawsuits were threatened. That's interesting, eh? Yeah, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I, I would suggest going to Jim Lee's... Uh, he's got a, three massive websites that catalog all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Who's, who's so the United States Weather Bureau's National Hurricane Research Project, which was founded in 55, this was between Cirrus and Storm Fury, had one of its objectives to investigate the scientific validity of hurricane modification methods. Interesting. Anyways, I'll, I'll stop there. I'll put a link in the show notes.
Right on, buddy. Project Storm Fury and Project Sears, a couple of my favorites. Those are your favorites? A couple you have of, favorite, yeah. favorite project operations? Of course, dude. Right on. All the weather modification ones are right t- up I'd there. I'd love to see like the top 10 one day. We should do like the Graham's top 10 project op- secret black budget projects. Dude, I've been accumulating a long list, dude. I'm just never ending. Okay, we got to get out of here. We got an interview in four minutes. Uh, speaking of interviews, you're going to enjoy this interview with John. Fantastic chat. Like I say, give us a little bit of leeway on the audio. Had some connection problems with China. Uh, but I'll, I fixed it up as best I can, maybe. I think I did anyway, unless I forgot, but I probably did. So enjoy the chat with John. What's his last name? I Nira. John Nira. You know what's funny? I have a John Nira in my phone, I think. Now I got to check. Uh, I wonder if it's the same John. I'm not going to check. I don't have time. But I met him in Mexico. I had dinner beside him in Mexico. And we, we hit it off, and then he's I got his name. Ever, he's been, he's your, your handler. He's been following you ever since. You think? Yeah. Anyway, enjoy the chat. Right, tonight we've got a special episode from China. We're with John Nira. He's a friend with uh, Carl DeMarco, and he he said we'd come on the show and talk about some quantum meditation and what's happening in China with the virus, especially because you're in lockdown right now, right, John? We still are, yeah. Oh, boy. For another week or so here, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Welcome to Grand America. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I, so, do you want a little... Go ahead. Yeah, no, go, go. I was going to say, do you want a little update on the uh, coronavirus? No, let's save that for, for a bit. Because Darren's, oh, want, yeah, yeah, Darren's uh, oh, late. Oh, you want to save that? Okay. Got so it. we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to do We're going to hit all the, the spiritual stuff first, and then we'll get, then, <laughs> okay. then Darren doesn't miss the update. Because I'm sure Darren will have some questions about the, the coronavirus, as do sure. I. Okay. But yeah, I was, okay. I was doing your quantum meditation yeah, last night and this morning, and it was pretty interesting. So I thought we could start there, and maybe I mean we were talking about some Baptiste yoga as well. That was was interesting because it was my one of my favorite types of yoga that I would try and take in Calgary. And you're connected with the people that are that are training with that, which is very interesting. Okay. So does I mean is there well, a, is there a connection there for you the yoga and the meditation? Yeah, well they're they're absolutely integrated because that's actually where I learned it uh, from uh, the Baptiste uh, yoga method. And I was telling you before, there's a, uh, at least a couple of different factions right now 
there's Baptiste Power of Yoga, and then there's Baptiste Yoga, and one of those is Baron Baptiste, and the other is Sherry Baptiste, and uh, there's also Debbie Baptiste, another uh, daughter of Waltz, and uh, so the children um, kind of are carrying on the legacy, but I studied under the master Walt Baptiste in San Francisco. Um, he, um, he purchased a, a Masonic temple, a piece of property that was a Masonic temple on the corner of Clement and Arguello. Wow. And he converted the down, downstairs into a uh, health food restaurant. Yeah, Jay Leno used to come in there when I, when I worked there. It's, uh, the, uh, the Holy City Zoo Comedy Club is down there, and he used to do uh, stand-up there. Um, and so there was a, a health food restaurant, also a health food store. And then upstairs, uh, very tall ceilings is where they, they had their church, right? There's the big main room that Walt turned into the ashram where he would teach the classes, yoga mm-hmm. classes. And his, and his wife, uh, Maganya, used to teach uh, the belly dance classes there too, as well as her yoga classes. And um, there was a little uh, workout studio there too. Uh, you know, Walt Baptiste was also a pioneer in bodybuilding. Um, and he was actually a Mr. America in the 1950s and was at one time voted the most proportioned man in the world. I mean, and if you check him out, you know, yeah, if you check out on Google, you'll see some pictures of him like, you know, if, I mean, ripped, you know, ready for body co- building competition. And yet, like in a full Lotus or something, you know, so he, he was combining the two, you know, way ahead of his time. Strength and flexibility. Yeah. 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 He, he was a real pioneer. He was born in 1918, and uh, by the time he was 17 years old, he was introduced to yoga through his uncle, who was a student devotee of uh, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. Um, and uh, a couple of years later after that, he uh, he was already teaching in his own studio. Uh, I mean, just think about when that was. You know, it's, it was so before uh Anyone even knew what the words meant. Yeah, know? that's before I mean, all the trends and, I mean, crazy. That, so that was back in what, like the 30s, the 20s and 30s? No, not yeah, the, no, not the 30s. There, it must yeah. have been the 40s or 50s, I guess. The 40s, yeah. 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 My math is not. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, we, so when you trained under him, he must have been pretty old then. He was. This was in the uh, early 1980s. I had just <laughs> moved to uh, San Francisco from Texas. Um, wow. And... I was like 18 or 19 and I moved out there to study the arts. I mean, and I studied everything from acting to film, improv, uh, did, you know, tried a little stand up. I was trying to be well rounded, you know, that's why I met some of those guys. And, uh, I, um, I had a day job. I was working at this office loan processing or whatever. And I was like a clerk and maybe work my way up to a junior, you know, uh, loan officer or something. And I, I met a musician friend and he was working at that, uh, that health center, the, the Baptiste yoga and health, health center. And he offered to try to get me a job there working in the restaurant. And I said, yeah, sure. And then, so I, I did it and I, you know, liked it and continued there. And, and then you could be part of the, the, the yoga system there, you know, and it, it was, it, it wasn't like a cult, but it was like uh, you you could be a devotee if you wanted to. You could you could follow the master's teachings, you know, and it was, it'd be more like going to like a martial arts studio and, and 
knowing that it's the master and say, okay, man, here I am. Break me, you know? Like a sensei. Yeah. And so a lot of, you know, some people got, you know, into what he was offering there. And later on, I mean, when I look back, I mean, it's just so amazingly valuable. Um, But it was uh, the real deal, man. This was not a trendy form of yoga. This is, of course, before there were, yoga mats on aisle five at, you know, Target and Walmart, you know, and I, I, I even remembered, like, I went on a couple of dates with the girls, you know, when I was at, at the yoga studio, and, and I would mention it, and they didn't think it was cool. They thought it was weird. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that would have been very, almost esoteric for, you know, back then. So what, yeah, what exactly. like, but speaking of, of the trend, trendy part of it, I mean, my, my vision or, or my remembrance of Baptiste yoga here in, in Calgary is, is it's, it's like, a, it's kind of more of like a fitness yoga, like it's tough power flow. Like the goal of us was like the teacher would say, your goal is just like stay in the room. Like it was hot yoga too, at the time, super hot studio, super sweaty, like, <clears throat> and it was it, but, but my vision or my perception of that type of yoga seems to be very contemporary. So was it always, was his original yoga different than the two lineages yeah, we, that came from it now? Yeah, we never, we never did the hot yoga. Uh, I don't know if that's something that came afterwards, you know, uh, started trending later or not. But um, yeah, um, the Walt Baptiste method definitely had a, a different way of pushing us to the limits. Okay. You know? uh, well, and, and, you know, Walt sort of as the, you know, the guru dev would, would have different challenges and tests he would give to different students you know or 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 the whole group you know depending and um I, like for example i th- remember there was a uh technique he would uh teach us i learned it in when i went to the uh yoga retreat that he had in el salvador and um it was a swimming pool there and he would do this posture like put yourself in a full lotus and you would breathe all your oxygen out and you're in the shallow end of the pool but you would sink to the bottom of the in the pool and sit there in the, in the lotus and you you remove all the energy from your diaphragm your lungs it's all gone and you're just bringing up the you know the energy from the base of your spine you know the kundalini energy and every time you have that urge to you know take a breath go, you know want to breathe and come up yeah you, you're using your mantra you know peace harmony well-being joy love bliss and and even the end of it when you are going to come out of it you know, you, you want to do it completely peacefully and without panic, you know, right. Always calm down the mind. And, but it, it's just another way of pushing you to the limit that way. And, and he had various ways of doing that with us, you know? <laughs> so what's the difference between the two, uh, the two lineages now, like they split off, like there's the Baptist power of yoga and, and what was the other one? Uh, See, Sherry Baptiste is Baptiste Power of Yoga, and then Baron, I believe, is uh, Baptiste Power of Yoga. So like, it's, the of is not there. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's just a different business model. I think Baron is uh, branching out a lot more into the certifications, you know, worldwide. And right, all that. right, right. I know he's teaching, like, in Massachusetts, uh, Cambridge, and um, also in Salt Lake City. Those are He just kind of goes back and forth, you know, for the personal classes he's teaching oh i see uh, okay so it's a similar style still uh yeah i mean it it 
trickle down from, you know, their dad, you know, they, they just sort of carry it on, you know, but, but, they, but they've got their own style too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, I think one of the real inherent, you know, uh, common threads was, uh, that it's Raja Yoga that they that I was learning, and Raja Yoga is the royal path of yoga. Oh, we're losing you a little bit. We're losing you here. Okay. I don't Am know I if that's a connection or if. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. You're back. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, Losing my train of thought here, but uh, no, you're talking about yeah, the we, the original Raja power or the uh, the type of yoga it was. Yeah, and, and it really all revolved around human transformation. You know, the uh, unfoldment of you know the spirit, the mind, the body, and the spirit all together. So, the potential for you know the human body for the human mind. It all integrated, uh, and I, I'm assuming that that's what you got out of it when you were doing your classes. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, the ultimate experience in trying to stay present, you know, present with the teacher, like listening to the teacher, listening to your body, focusing on your breathing, focusing on um, on your body. Like, it was just full immer immersion of, of the moment, you know? Like, you can't, there's no time for worrying about anything else, about, you know, you're in the class, and, and you're basically especially with that one, cause it was so intense, you know, you're, you're basically <clears throat> just struggling through the whole thing in a, in a positive way. Like I got a, I had a real positive experience out of it, but it's just such a, it's such a mindful present pra like practice of staying present, you know? Yeah. And, uh, also the overcoming the ego aspect of it too. Well, it used to um, not trying to be a goody goody, you know, not, not, not sitting there with, you know, in, in your meditation, you know, with the, with the smirk on your face, you know, uh, that you're better, you know, than other people because you're doing this. If you have a smile on your face, it should be because you're, you're laughing at sort of at yourself confronting, you know, your ego, you know, like, look, mom, I'm doing yoga and I'm overcoming my ego, yeah. you know? So yeah, to, um, taking it to those levels, I think is, is really what it's all about. You know, not just about flexibility and not just about simple mindfulness, but pushing yourself to the next level. Yeah. <clears throat> and it really showed me the power of the breath as well. Like, you know, focusing on your breath, breathing more throughout the day, deep breathing and, and just the types of how your breath can help you through a lot of those things. Like when you're in that that point where you're going to lose your posture or you're going to, you're just going to, you're going to pass out almost. It's just that breath will keep you, keep you there. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And that's kind of where the, uh, I get the quantum aspect of meditation comes in. It's not, it's not just necessarily for med meditation. You can use it in your yoga practice as well. It's more conceptualization. Um, but, uh, I mean, do you want to get into that a little bit? Or? Yeah, 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 I do, because uh, i got some questions for you on that. But I'd like to hear the genesis okay. of that. Well, you know, the word quantum gets tossed around, yeah. you know, a, a lot these days, you know. And uh, actually, the, the, the name of the series that I, that I actually did is called uh, the Centered Meditation Series. 
And so I, I kind of added the quantum when I was naming it for uh, the titles for YouTube and, and now on uh, the, um, the Facebook page I have. But it was more just like a hashtag kind of thing to get people interested. And it is it does have to do, you know, with the quantum level. But it, it's 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 more using it so that people can get a reference of where they're going and, and, and where they need to take their consciousness to refine it, to bring it down to something that's on that level. And when we think of quantum, we think of, you know, atomic or subatomic, you know, increments, you know, discrete increments that are smaller and smaller, you know, energy and matter. And, and this is what this is dealing with. It's bringing your mind to those places uh, and in between and then even deeper, you know, um, uh, Walt used to give us this example when meditation class, and he would always give us this example of the box inside of the box, mm. you know, taking your consciousness to that you're, you're in, in a small box and then you go into a smaller box and smaller box and smaller box. And, um, same, th- same thing that you can do with a sphere, you know, and putting the attention, the breath at that point, and then moving it more and more inside. And the deeper you can go inward, the further you can go outward too. You know, the further you can go in both directions. So, um, so that's that's wanted to be clear on how I'm using the word quantum. So, um, and we we all know this concept of you know having a you know a, a chair that you put against the, the wall, you close to the wall, and you can keep moving it closer and closer without ever touching it if you keep subdividing the distance, right? Yeah. Yep. So, okay, so there was a, a technique that always stuck with me uh, that uh, Walt taught us, and it really was taught to him, you know, through the chain of, you know, these gurus in uh, India, and it's to practice where you're sitting on the floor in a you know, it could be a lotus or just cross-legged, or you could actually be on a chair if you want to. But let's just say, for example, that you're sitting on the floor cross-legged, and you visualize a uh, four-sided box around your, drawn around your body, you know, one on side on each side of you and one on the front, one on the back. And then you visualize those four corners drawing sort of these laser beam lines to one single point at your forehead center, the third eye. and you visualize that point, you know, with the breath and you hold it there with the breath and you visualize that as a very razor sharp, super fine, infinitely sharp point. And then you visualize an identical mirroring pyramid uh, that you are going to put on top of that, like an hourglass. So the two pyramids are mirroring each other. Just kind of, you know, get take a moment to visualize that. And then uh, you're going to take those two points and you're going to bring them together where the third eye is. But you're not, you're not going to let them touch. You're just going to get them very, very close. Um, and then so let's say that you did let them touch. Well, then you would set, separate them just ever so slightly. So, you know, the, the distance of an atom, you know, or hundreds of an atom, you know, and then you're going to, Keep breathing to that point and drawing yourself to a finer and finer, smaller increment of space in between those two points. And then so you could now bring them together slowly, those those two fine, fine, razor-sharp points, and 
you're never going to let them touch because you're always going to move your mind into a smaller point that's in between those two. And so what you're doing is you're, you're tricking your mind into going to that point. Now, anybody that's listening right now probably has their attention at their forehead center, (laughs) at least, right? So you're using it as a tool to just keep refining, uh, a, a deeper and deeper point of attention, you know, at your consciousness. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I only had a chance to try it once, <clears throat> so I didn't really get the full, the full effect of how that could, that could help bring you deeper inside yourself or into, into focus. Cause it, it's, uh, but I do appreciate that, that part of, you know, like we always talk about the table just being molecules and spinning and vibration. And, you know, you, you, you really, there's, there shouldn't be something solid there, but there is. So just having that constant, um, smaller and smaller and smaller scale to, to focus on. But for me, I'm not very good at visualizing. So it helped with the pyramids on top, you know, on top of each other. And then when you, when you expanded it to the cube, like four more pyramids. So you're making this big cube outside you, but do you have any advice to people that, uh, well, I got a couple questions, advice for people that can't visual, that have a hard time visualizing. And then the other one is, is how, how did, does that get you into that state of, of, um, deeper consciousness? Like you, you say in your meditation, like be ready for lapse in consciousness. So is that what you're meaning? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to answer the the first question about, um, getting better at visualizing, part of it is practice, but I mean, a lot of it is practice, you know, um, because as you get better, maybe, you know, you don't have to practice as much, but I think part of it is trying to hold whatever the, oh, hang on a second. We lost you here. We lost you. Can you, uh, I don't know if Darren's in studio now. He's just showed up and he's playing around with something and he messed up the audio. Darren. (laughs) I heard that. Are you there, John? That's weird. He came in. I just heard your name. What did he do? I didn't do anything. Hmm. We've lost, John. Maybe I did do something. Did you click that button or no? Didn't turn his volume down or no? He popped in and said Darren, so that's weird. So, anyways, Darren, we're just getting into the quantum meditation part of it. We went through some yoga stuff, saving the China virus and the 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 coronavirus for you till I got here. Perfect. Uh, now we did get he John get the back, coronavirus? So. No, he's uh, in quarantine still. Is he? Yeah. Well, what happened just now? They came and got him? Yeah, they shut it down. They don't, they're only allowed to talk. Are we on Skype for, with them right now? Or what are we? Skype, yeah. Oh, right. oh, oh, here's the mouse. The, mouse. the other mouse. So many mice. It says he's still there, though. Yeah. Check one. Oh, two. there you hey, go. Hello. Hey, you're back. Okay. God damn it. I can't blame it on Darren now. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Didn't do anything here. So yeah. Darren's here. Um, I was just giving him an update on where hey, we're Darren. at with the quantum. Hello. 
Sorry, I'm late. Ah, uh, there's no such thing as late. Oh, don't okay. say that. <laughs> Does seem like we're battling some audio issues. Is that new since yeah, I got new, here? Yeah, since you got here. Yeah. Am I still yep. okay? Oh, you're back now. Sound good yep. now, yeah. Yep. You just faded away for a sec. Okay. I hear you guys great. Okay, good. So I think we were at, uh, you were explaining how to be, how to improve your visualization. I think the biggest key at first is, is practice. Um, but I, I guess if you can, if you can give yourself shorter goals, I think it's better. And anything you want to get better at is like give your, give yourself, a, if you want to visualize something, don't you know, make it so that you have to visualize it for a minute straight or whatever, you know, you can visualize things for shorter periods of time, but you are really there in the It means more anyway. And, uh, you know, you're hitting on something. Actually, I was just talking with a friend of mine who was a consultant on this DVD, my friend, Dr. Ron Jessam. She's a therapist. We might have to try and reconnect. Your- we're, we're losing you again, so you're kind of in and out. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if uh, yeah, I wonder if uh, should we try reconnecting? Do you think? Or I don't know. Let's just try and roll with it. Okay, let's try and roll with it then. Okay, is it still is it is it still moving? Okay. Yeah, you're there. Okay, now. Still. Yeah. Okay, I'm all right. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to stay right on my mic here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when you're when you're talking about you know, I want to get better at. Uh, Definitely not that thing. I tried to turn the gate right off even. It seemed like as soon as you touched it. Is that better? I don't know. You uh, you left again, so it's hard to say. It was like right after critiquing or crit. You, uh, yeah. Weird. Creative. Let me try something. You blaming China? Check one. Check oh, two. Check. Yeah, he thinks it's China. Yeah. Check one. Yeah, you're back now. Okay. Yeah, I was going there for pretty good for quite a while until Darren got here. Did I yeah. go? No, you should stay. Yeah. All righty. Okay, let's try again. You're back now anyways. Yeah. You, you know what it could be, too, is sometimes if there's ambient noise off the mic, it's messing, it's creating a ground loop. It's sending off like a uh, little signal echo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that could have been what happened when uh, Darren came in. Okay. But can you hear me now? Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, just uh, we were talking about, you know, um, the, the ability to visualize and all that. And I think, you know, you also have to. I'm just trying to get a little more volume out of it. Kicking out when I do that. It seems like when you're when you reach over there, something happens. (laughs) I'm turning. I'm turning. I didn't touch anything that time. Okay. Yeah, he's turning something off there. We could try a reconnect. What's the time? 
26 minutes. He shouldn't have said anything about coronavirus. Oh. <laughs> I feel like China's got a lockdown on that shit. They're just like, well, I mean, you know, it's going to happen sooner or later. <coughs> yeah, you're right, though. I could have left it till the end and got through all the other stuff. All right. Okay. Oh, it keeps, uh, it's funny, it keeps coming back and then it cycles out again. Okay, we should probably try to reconnect. Yeah. Oh, I think we have a ground loop. Let me try one more thing here. Okay, we're going to try one more thing here. How's that? How's that? Can you say something, John? Check one, check two. John here in China. Yeah, John's coming in faint. He's there, but he's faint. That's super quiet. Check, check. Yeah, that's really quiet, yeah. Is that the same? Same? Yeah. Sounds check, like check, the same. One. Yeah, you're there, but you're coming in quiet. But I think that's us. And we're messing around with it. Keep talking, John. Check one. John here in China. Mm-hmm. That's better. Okay. Except it's got a whack of ground yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, you're coming in good now. So is I that better, leave, Darren? I'm going to try leaving it like that for now. And I hope I can just deal with the hiss later. Yeah, I'm right on on the mic. It's just sometimes here with the China internet, I mean, it can just, you know, go out. Yeah. I'm, I'm through a VPN right now, and sometimes the VPN is better, and sometimes it's worse. So I'm, I have it on right now. So already have it set too. Uh, U.S. They think I'm in the U.S. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I don't know. I I'm still not convinced it's not that cord. So I'm gonna keep the the compressor unplugged and see what happens. All right. So we good? Yeah. I think we're good. Okay. So just to wrap up the uh, the visualization question. Yeah. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> uh, trying to get better at it. I, I was just making the point that, you know, the, the, the key is obviously uh, to practice, you know, but part, part of it is you know, don't put too much emphasis on how long you're able to visualize on something. One millisecond of a good thought is a is better than an hour of negative thinking. It's true. Really at a place where it's real. You're manifesting something very positive in your life. Light. That's that means a lot. Don't feel that you have to be able to do it for an hour straight. That's a good point. Any interruption the so, negative is a positive. Sure, absolutely. You know, assume the virtue that you have it not. So, what did what did you mean in your meditation when you were saying be ready for the lapse in consciousness? Uh, is is that kind of that drop that happens after a certain amount of time when you just sink right into oh, it? Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course, it's going to happen. Yeah, sure. You're going. You're you're going to drift away you know you're not going to be uh 
as focused as you were, and you just the base is the focus on the in and the out breath, and then focus on an inward breath. It's drawing you further and further inward, you know, using whatever technique you're using, you know, focusing on an inner and inner light. You guys there? Yep. Yeah, I just tried killing the video okay. to see if that'll help out. It might. It, yeah. I just didn't know if you guys yeah, yeah. went away. But Okay, yeah. did that help or no? Yeah. Uh, uh, so like far, I mean, it was working good for a bit. Then it just started breaking up a little bit there. So I tried killing the video, and we'll keep it at a minimum here and see if we can yeah. if we can keep I think, on. I think it's just... Yeah, it's 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 just going to be part of having to transmit from China. It's yeah. it's just like yeah. this. It doesn't matter what we use. We can okay. I mean, I've noticed some little like you got to. I've noticed little things that even just like fleeting thoughts of like um like what's interesting is like I'm moving into a house that almost looks identical to the house that I was living in when I was living with Buddy there. And I remember the day I walked into this house, his house, just had the way it was set up and it was a little newer and I'd been living in these old beat up houses and shit. And I was just like, man, I'm getting back in a house like this. And, and you know, a newer, not beat down. I, and, you know, lo and behold, I didn't even think about it. But here I am, you know, a year later, less than a year later, falling into a house that almost has the identical floor plan, just from an accidental little. And I was actually talking about that with Natasha over the weekend about how, you know, it doesn't take much. It doesn't, it, even if, I don't know. I, I like to believe in the, a world with magic, but even without magic, you know, just that intention of wanting or having that, so your subconscious thinking about it. I don't know. I don't know where exactly it falls in, but. I like that though. That's that mill. That's what he was talking about. That <clears throat> that millisecond of positive visualization or visualization instead of negative thinking. I wonder if there's an a, if there's like. Do you think there's like a way that to to have it sort of hammer home easier? Like, is there a certain emotional state or a way you've got your guard down? Or, or I'm just wondering because then there'll be other things that I'll sit there and try and just hardcore manifest, and they yeah. just fucking don't happen. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I think you have to be as neutral as possible, which is which is you know, sort of what me meditation is, you know, trying to target in on this or that. Do not requ require things to happen in a certain way. Um, first, to be in that neutral state, you know, that non-reactive state, and then w once you're there, you know, when when you're not reacting to things, you'd be surprised at how well you naturally gravitate for the right things in life mm. you know it, when we're when we're uh panicking and you know radical thinking and whatnot um that's when we every time we bring negative things into our life you know we start tripping over ourselves you know so I, with that 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 neutral space that you can be in like you said even just for a microsecond you know if you're really truly there that gets into your subconscious. Those are the things that are really attracting positive things in your life. Is there, do you know any hacks for that? I mean, Napoleon Hill had a couple tricks for how to get things from the conscious into the subconscious, but I, but you know, that was his whole thing too, is like, that's when the magic starts happening is when you can get those, because that's what you're doing when you're sitting there trying to manifest, manifest, manifest is it's just all conscious. And you've got to somehow get that down into the subconscious before it starts actually affecting things. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can I can address that uh, on a you know personal uh, use level. Um, like for example, I I've, I found myself you know like doing you know like what you said that you had done, Darren. Like you could get yourself into like a four hour you know meditative state where you know you just you don't even want to move. You know, I didn't say that. Definitely, that, that definitely wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, so I I thought I heard something like that. Somebody said, "Can you do that, Graham?" I guess. No, I could do, I could get myself up to like a half an hour, 40 minutes after my DMT oh, okay. experiences. But like, okay. I mean, I tried last week again and I just couldn't, I just couldn't, I just got so right. much okay. going on right now. I just couldn't shut that shit off. I start daydreaming uh, oh, okay, about but, Dune. Okay. Well, so, so let's go there too, because you might be looking at that as a negative thing. Okay. So, but I was at the, the point where I could easily do that. Just sit down and just, you know, stay there for, you know, hours on, on end. But then it got to the point where the, the imagery that would come to me, the uh, intuition was telling me, get up, <laughs> get off your ass and go do this. You know what to do now. You know, I didn't need to be there that long to get centered. You know, I, I could do it much faster. And that's probably where, what is happening with you. <laughs> you know, Baron would tell you, trust me, he would tell you that he came to the point in, in his meditative practice when he realized how much his family was so important in in his spiritual progression. <laughs> and you might be finding that in your own life. I know you have kids, you know, and it's like that's a big part of your life, you know. So you may only need to be there for a few seconds and you're you're centered, you're balanced, you're you're uh, completely neutral and and it comes to you instantly. This is what I need to be doing right now. Yeah, that's interesting. So what we were talking about, Darren, just to give you a little bit more context, is this quantum meditation that he's done, where it's visualiz visualizing from your third eye, like a pyramid up here, and then an inverted pyramid. And mm -hmm. I was like, we we're talking about being present in the moment from yoga and, and all that, and how this, if you're really focused on this visualization and this meditation, that you're, you know, you're absolutely present. And that's where I think your stuff can happen. Manifesting can happen. If you're not in your head and you're in that. So totally. whether, whether you're focused on whatever affirmation you want to do or whatever, whatever you're thinking of, even, I would have even been, if you're thinking of something, if you're focused yeah, on it, I would have been in that state at that time too, because you know, you, how you just have that big sigh of relief when you have all this stress and then you just get in the hang and you close the door behind you. And it's like, I have a place to sleep tonight. Yeah. And, you know, you can, your brain right. just stops from fucking, it's been racing for months and finally stops. You know, what's interesting that I was going to, you know, is because I just spent nine hours in the woods today walking around right. and fucking right when I was there walking well, with a gun, though. yeah, with a gun. So what? I didn't <laughs> right, end up right shooting on. anything. Um, I shot it. I ended up shooting an antifreeze can a couple of times. I seen a ton of elk and a ton of deer, but it was in between the leases where I'm not allowed to shoot them. Leases? Private property oh, without leases. permission. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Really? Oh, yeah, I've seen 100 elk today. It almost seemed like they did. It almost seemed like they did. They knew you were coming. So but anyway, I was thinking about it when I was walking through the bush. Because I walked through the bush for four hours straight. And you're not talking. You're shutting the fuck up. And you're looking for deer. But you're not thinking about, like, I thought about it after. I was like, you know, when I got back in the truck, I was like, you know what? I didn't think about fucking anything for the last four hours except walking around the bush and looking for deer. That's all like, where's my next step going to be? Where am I going next? Where was there deer over there? Is there? And I just feel like exhausted and uh, super clear headed. Yeah. 
That's what we were talking about. It's exactly what we were saying yeah. about this yoga practice that we were talking about, the specific one developed by this guy named Baptiste way lo- long ago, like in the 40s. Yeah, because I don't even care that I didn't and, get anything. And we were just, you're in that, when you're in that class, you're just, there's nothing else there. You're just focused on that class. Yeah, Very it's similar. so hard to get that these days. Yeah. It's so hard to get to that place where that's, I mean, we get a bit of that here on the podcast, but even shit can creep in here, you know yeah. what I mean? But <laughs> for some reason, being out in the bush with a gun, no cell phone service, nothing else fucking matters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that might be exactly what uh, you needed to do. And, and maybe instead of meditation, you know, um, you know, I, I, I got to a point where I, I honestly, there were going to have been like a couple of years or something where I didn't even feel like I wanted to sit down and meditate, but I knew everything was happening right because there would be so much synchronicity in my life. Just think the right thing would just happen, you know, and after, you know, and after, and, you know, one thing went in the next right thing would begin, you know, <clears throat> this, this apartment that is our lab that I'm sitting at, you know, that we found this place here. I'm sitting at a drafting table, right? Just a long drafting table for architects along a wall. The woman who owns it is Chinese. She's an architect. She moved to Germany, and so she's leasing out this room. Somebody told me about this, and it's like, wow, it's perfect. It's got an ocean view. I can see Hong Kong from here, you know. The beautiful, nice, modern layout, you know, as a back room for our lab and everything. And I just see these things happening one after the other, but you, you'll know when you're not in that place. And that's when you need to sit down and do your meditation and focus and, you know, get neutral again. But if you're out there deer hunting or whatever, and you're there, it's incredibly healing. You know, you know, I, I just told you about my friend, Dr. Rhonda Justin, who just got off the phone before I got on with you. And she told me she was at her property in Malibu and she was noticing she, she was watering her plants and things just like, you know, doing little gardening stuff, and she would feel the smile on her face. And she's like, my God, I've had a smile on my face for two hours. You know, how healing is that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally, yeah. And and I like what you said about action, like knowing that maybe you've meditated enough and it's time to do action. I mean, we Darren and I do talk about when manifesting or whatever. It's not about just affirmations and then, you know, things are going to happen. You still have to take action. If anybody action ever accuses me, it, if, so. if, if everything turns out and anybody ever accuses me of fucking just manifesting it, I'll be like, fuck you, <laughs> you know, because I'm, but you're also busting your ass 24 seven. That's got to be part of it. I think, you know, it all works together. Your, your, your physical, your physical is pointed in that direction. Your, your spiritual is, is pointed in that direction. Your, your mental, there, yeah. you know, you've got those different, parts of your body and they've all got to be pointed in the same direction. Yeah. You, man, you manifest the opportunity. It's up to exactly. you to follow up on it. Yeah, exactly. And like, I guess well, that's you, where that meditation. What were we talking about the other day where you got to be super careful where that stuff, whether you can be like, you know, like you start saying you need to manifest $1,500, but if you're not super careful, your car will break for exactly $1,500 in damage and you'll find the money to fix it. But you know, you won't get that whatever you wanted initially. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's almost like those old genie in a bottle fucking metaphors or stories or whatever. But you know, the, they always had that thing around be the ma- wishes. Be for, careful yeah. what you wish for. Yeah. That, you know, I think there, there's something built into that that applies to magic and manifestation more than a genie in a bottle. And maybe the work, the action is the energy of exchange. You know, you're exchanging all that effort and that. You've got yeah, your intention, be. you've got maybe your action, that's, and that's maybe that part does of the exchange, right? 
Yeah, that's why you can't just wish for a million dollars or you're just yeah. fucking train wreck. Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly reactive when you want those things. You're mostly reacting from something else. It's not because it's the right thing in your life. Yeah. So do you think Yeah, I like that bit on reacting. That's a super like that's something that I I use in my life quite a bit is try and stay away from that reacting. Act yeah, don't react. I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've got a few uh quite a few younger millennial friends here that are teachers here in uh Shenzhen and they, I find them asking me more and more questions. You know, they look at me as sort of a mentor, you know, and they, a, a few times they've asked me, what's the, what is the best advice you can give somebody for, for life? And I said, don't react. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it covers everything, right? You, you don't take things personally. Don't, they just don't react. But, just, these, but I think there is a practical application of like this quantum meditation that John's made or, or meditation in general, mindfulness to create that space. Like I never used to have that space to, to not react. But even I've noticed it even when if something physical happens, like I'll drop a jar out of the cupboard or I'll spill something all over the floor and I literally have no reaction to it. Oh, yeah. Like in my younger days, I would have flipped 100%. out. I would have fucking banged something or just, you know, it's, you know, it's funny, and, it's and funny I actually that. just let it completely happen. But how's your traffic? Fine. My yeah. traffic's 100%. Well, that's a huge step. 100%. Like, even, I don't even react. We to left traffic. dinner yesterday and I got cut right off. And Natasha's like, that's the kind of shit that drives me crazy. And I'm just like smiling. I'm like, I don't, you know what? It used to drive me crazy too, but I just don't care anymore. What is yelling at my windshield going to do? Yeah. About yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and it's also even more important that you just are conscious. You're mindful of that. You are reacting even when you feel like you need a vent, you know? Exactly. Yeah. There, there's time, there's times, there's times, you know, where, when it, it's necessary, uh, you know, Walt Baptiste, I remember he, he told us one time, he said, there's times to be as docile as a bunny rabbit, and then there's times to roar like a lion. <laughs> yeah. I was just telling my sister that on the way here because she was going through some work challenges, and I'm like, yeah, this is okay. You you need to show that that passion and that anger now. Maybe this is time, you know. you've doesn't mean that you're not just doing be, the right thing, you know. Yeah, be aware that you're doing it. You don't you don't do it on an on an unconscious <laughs> reaction mindful yeah. emotional yeah. level. Yeah, you, you're doing it because you're consciously doing it. Yeah. My business partner has has seen me do this to people before. You know, to just I mean, you know, blow up in front of them. And he he's thinking that I'm losing and I said, but I consciously did that. I'm yeah. letting these guys know you're not gonna railroad us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, while we have the connection, well, maybe we can transition over into uh, conscious passion. Yeah, that's good. Maybe we can transition over to the, to why you're locked down here right now. Maybe that's the, maybe, wait, maybe that's the okay. rule for conscious, for passion. It has to be conscious. Guys, oh, yeah. Uh, hang on a second. I'm on legal yeah. zoom right now. I'm trademarking that name yeah <laughs> oh that's okay yeah what'd you say conscious passion you yeah. can have that i see yeah. what you mean though yeah, like instead it. of it being <laughs> temper or instead of yeah. it being temper or whatever yeah it's not passion unless it's conscious yeah uh yeah so you're you're on lockdown over there you're locked down where you're at that's plenty of time to meditate yeah you know absolutely you know and and to get into that though too here's here's another good one. i know you guys probably get a lot of flack from people about you know uh, being humorous about things that people are offended about, but that's kind of part of it too. It's like, you notice, you know, like in your spiritual progression, especially 
something that we do often is the opposite of what we should do. We, we shouldn't be dramatic about certain things. We should be actually laughing, you know, trying to make ourselves laugh about them. And other things that we're laughing about, we should be getting serious about them, you know. And, yeah, we're doing that here in China right now. We call it boredom busting, you know, doing everything we can to just keep a good sense of humor, you know, keep our immune systems high. Um, um, somebody, was, somebody was giving me a hard time about a joke I made on Facebook. You know, I, I, I said um, the only thing that we're, you know, uh, in danger of, most of us are in danger of dying from in China right now is boredom, you know, and he's like, oh, that's not funny. It's like, give another, give it three weeks alone in the apartment, but you'll think it's funny. Yeah, that's, oof. I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I can handle that. Do you have, are you by yourself then? No, uh, my temporary roommate, Lean is here. She was actually supposed to already have moved out. She's uh, subletting our place. I, I, I sublet it when I go back to the U.S. And I just got back on December 4th. Right. So she's here with me, and I'm really lucky. She's really nice, and she's been cooking some wonderful Sichuan food for me and just doing my laundry. I didn't even ask her. And uh, Right, Lin-Lin? So, uh, yeah, I've got some company, and we have Coco the cat, and we have Zai the turtle. Well, that's and, good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that because it would be super boring. Like I, I fucking my heart breaks for those people that are like by themselves stuck in some apartment for three weeks. Hopefully they had a friend come over and made a little thing of it. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I mean, we should pay a plane to dump some Gramerica fucking cards out over these people. They could be listening to the show while they're stuck inside. <laughs> At least the ones that speak English. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have different, uh, different quarantine levels for different areas. My building is pretty lax. I mean, I can, we can both go, go and come. Um, and I, but I couldn't visit somebody else's building and they can't visit my building. And if I, when I go outside, there's, uh, somebody checking my temperature on my way in. They're not going to let us talk about Corona. That was going good there for a while. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they like the Corona stuff. I'm not even joking. Oh, it's like I can hear him on his. Uh, I mean, his mic banging. We've lost you again, John. As soon as we start talking about coronavirus. Is that shit still popping off? I mean, I'm so unplugged from that stuff these days. It's hard to, it's almost embarrassing sometimes when people start talking about stuff and I'm just like yeah, I know. weeks behind. Yeah. I know what you mean. I just... Hello. Hey, Hi. you're back. Yep. You're back. Hey, John. It's weird, eh? So they check your temperature on the way in and the way yeah. out. Yeah. They do. So, so to. That seems hardcore. Could you imagine if you had someone outside side of your building? You like spitting the cup on your way out? It's coming. You think? I gotta get my guns, man. At least you'll be close by now, hopefully. Oh, yeah. So when the ship pops off, you come over to my house, I'll I can protect go you. I without getting through Calgary, yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. I'll protect you with my guns, but it's okay. Uh, well, I hope John's okay. I think it's just internet problems. When is it over there? It's Am I back? Oh, yeah, hey, John. Yep, yep. Okay, I'm back. 
So yeah, you're but, you're getting your temperature taken, and you're in sort of partial quarantine. So I guess work is is on a minor slowdown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every everything has been. You know, the other thing is, is everyone in China is trying to use the internet right now, probably. <laughs> Well, it's about 10 a.m. Could be. Because oh, well, they're stuck at home. There's nothing yeah. to do. <laughs> True. We should have done this show in the middle of the night, China time, when they were sleeping. 10 a.m. tomorrow there? <laughs> That's a good idea. That was a good idea, actually. We should, yeah. So anyways, John, are you... Uh, we don't know what to believe over here. We hear, we see memes all the time about this being a bioweapon that was leaked out of a lab and it's way worse than it is, or it's not way worse than it is, or it's only affecting Chinese people, uh, or it's affecting everybody and it's moving all over the globe. Like, do you, do you have any specific knowledge on what's real and what's not? Uh, I don't have a crystal ball. different intel on this. I have good news for the Chinese government. I don't really have a theory about whether or not it's a bioweapon or not. Did you hear that, Skype? He doesn't have a theory, so you can just let us talk about it. We're just talking. Just talking. Not having conspiracy theories. None of that. And in fairness to the Chinese government, uh, and I have a lot of expats that agree they're doing There's no messing around. So everybody's got a mask on. Everybody's, you know, uh, doing their part. They, uh, like downstairs, there's a police officer uh, that is here, stationed here. And then the other, uh, the guards, security guards, they've been deputized. He, he, they, he trained them really quickly on what to do to have to check the temperatures. All the protocol, uh, writing down names, you know, that anybody they haven't seen before. And same thing with all the restaurants and bars deputized there one of the workers wearing a red armband oh they my god little rock yeah uh, yeah yeah it's, it's martial law and uh the the let's say a bar girl one of them why do i suddenly feel like they're trying this out in china first <laughs> i mean the armband yeah. thing makes yeah. me fucking nervous right off the bat <laughs> well that that yeah, they, that's just a, a it's like a uniform. It's like it's like a uniform without having to wear a uniform, you know, but um, so that that person, you know, is in charge, you know, but um, like, for example, the Starbucks has been closed in the morning where I usually go to where I met, you know, Carl, where Carl and I used to hang out when he was. Oh, you his know, book. Carl. Yeah, I love Carl. Yeah. Yeah. I love Eric, too. Uh, which Eric? <laughs> Uh, his brother, Carl's brother, cousin, Eric, cousin, cousin Eric, cousin. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh okay. There's a, okay. I, I haven't met him. There was a different Eric. Uh, he used to be at Starbucks, but anyway, Starbucks is closed right now. In the morning, when I uh, go to get coffee, I have to go to Costa Coffee. They're open, and uh, it's very restricted. When I walk in, it takes my temperature, and uh, she knows me now, so I don't have to, you know, write my name down or anything. But everywhere you go, every street corner, every everything. It's it's that way. There are no exceptions to the rule, and, and that's a positive. Chinese thing, people huh? are yes, and the Chinese people are wonderful at at doing 
this type of thing. Okay. You, you ever watch the Beijing Olympics where they did the opening ceremony and you have these hundreds of dancers and they're doing this intricate choreography all together, swimming around like fish. That's how they are. If there's some nat- natural disaster or something, they, they do not panic. They're, they're used to being in survival mode. They work together. It's very smooth, very organized. Is it worse than they say it is? Do you think, or what's your what's your feeling no. about what what you're what we're hearing out out in the West? Okay, so let's let's consider that when the SARS virus uh, hit, uh, that was in two thousand three. That was before the smartphone. Okay, so yeah. everyone wasn't connected the same way. This time around, you have to factor in that a lot of this is just social media hysteria. You know, it's it's a lot of false information, fake news going around. And, you know, who, who knows exactly what's real and what's not, you know, um, I'm talking to some people in, you know, Wuhan. Uh, and so I'm getting a little bit of feedback, you know, what's going on. And, um, yeah, it's definitely worse there. How, how the outbreak happened. I don't know, man, you know, I, 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 did it come from an animal, whatever, but, my feeling, though, is when it was from the beginning that it's more of a niche virus. It's, it's uh, targeting certain people. I just read something on the Internet uh, yesterday a, a, a about this theory, and they were saying that the highest um, fatality rate, the, 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 the you know, most liable victim would be uh, Chinese men. Older men, right? Chinese okay. older men? Not, yeah, yes, but, but – Not even older. That's likely if you're – but if you're not Asian, you're less likely. There's something about the enzyme. I forget what yeah. they call it, the ACE yeah. enzyme or something, yeah. with the um, affecting your respiratory breathing. And uh, it's and worse if you're a smoker. And I said that from the beginning. I said, okay, I want to know who are these people that are dying right away. And sure enough, that that was, you know, the exact profile. So doesn't sound like a bioweapon at all. <laughs> no, I targeting don't, race. I don't, I don't think no, I mean, what what are they trying to do? Is, is China going to send over a buyer weapon to kill off the consumer consumers that are buying their products? You know, come on. Well, uh, no, so, I would I wouldn't think I was I would have been blaming the states probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there also is an interesting kind of a, a theory going around that when this is all said and done at the end of 2020, and we look at the data there's probably going to be less deaths in general that happen during this time period. Because for one, they're not just quarantining for the coronavirus, they're qu- quarantining for any flu virus. And, and X number of people will die from complications from any flu virus. So they've, they've, they're cleaning everybody out. You know, when the quarantine's over, everyone's going to pretty much be virus-free, you know, or, or a lot lower rate. Also, think of all the accidents that are not happening, happening, car accidents, scooter accidents. I forget how many people die in a scooter accident every month in China. Oh, that's interesting. It's just really safer now because nobody's going out. Yeah, nobody's nobody's anywhere. That's always the funny argument about AI, right? Is that we're going to build these super intelligent machines and they're going to lock us in little fucking boxes and feed us. And, you know, they're just going to make it so that we have to live in this bubble where we can't be harmed we'll be put in a zoo yeah yeah fed some vitamin appropriate just... mash every day and yeah. yeah and you'll die of boredom 
So what? What? Uh, Hopefully, what about the global? Like, what about the global economy and the just-in-time system that we have from China to the West? And I mean, we've it's affected even some of the industries that we work in, like trying to get bolts and other normal hardware that used to, or the paperwork that we need yeah. from it. Like, is it going to affect it where people are, are like realizing like we shouldn't be relying on stuff to come from all over the world? Like, we should just make it in our backyard. I mean, do you think that that'll change some some perceptions on globalization in that way yeah uh well china's obviously got to weigh that into when they're gonna you know relax you know the quarantine they're already getting people back to work i know there's there's 170 workers at, at our factory in Zhongshan right now already they probably are all wearing masks and they probably have strict protocol for coming and going they're getting their temperatures taken right yeah so all, it's our it's gonna it's starting back but i mean you know beyond the facial recognition data that they're losing from everyone wearing masks, you know, everywhere. Um, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're losing part of the, uh, their take of the economy and they have to weigh that into when they're going to, you know, get totally back to work. Maybe they're, they're thinking, Hey, some people are just going to have to die. You know, I don't know. You know, who knows what, how they're factoring it, it all together. I wonder what the acceptable risk is to get the economy going. Yeah. Huh. I I live in China, so I, I'm gonna <laughs> stay neutral. Yeah, exactly. And you're and you're there. You're there developing uh, a product, right? Shout out! Shout shout out to Xi Jinping. <laughs> we love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're developing a, a product here. Um, and uh, it, it, it was really a, um, a bad time for us to have to have this virus hit. This is uh, 20 years of R&D of our product, 10 years in China. Wow. And, uh, the factory, and, and, and the factory has been like just, you know, grinding away, trying to get these samples ready for the trade show in Vegas. It just happened uh, oh, wow. in February on the 16th. Um, and, uh, and they were planning to come back on the 3rd, knock all out the, the changes, get it off to us right away. They weren't able to come back until just before the trade show. So they had to. And they got it done, but it was like the last minute, you know, it's it like a movie. It really was. <laughs> wow. Do you want, can you talk about yeah. that product and, at all? Or? Uh, sure. Yeah. Me uh, and a uh, business partner, uh, I guess after I, I got out of my uh, extreme sports uh, um, phase, uh, <laughs> my business partner and I, we were involved in uh, one of the first indoor rock climbing gyms in the in the U.S. in Marin County, and we helped to develop a lot of the protocol. Um, and it was great; like we got a lot of you know fanfare, notoriety, all that kind of stuff. But we didn't make a lot of money at it, and so we went. He he got into this cleaning business. He was cleaning uh, really expensive carpets and rugs with this new type of a technology that was very crude, but it was a high speed blotting system. Basically, you're just using a, a like a cotton pad on the bottom, this high, high vibration machine. And you're, you're, you're doing what you would do if you were like spill a Coke in your, in your podcast studio and on a carpet and you would just take a towel and blot it up. Right. Well, this machine's spot cleaning your entire carpet and rug and it's very delicate. So he was using it on extremely expensive carpets and rugs, making a lot of money working through the showrooms and all that. It was a good business. And he invited me to clone the business in LA and I did, and I, I did very well. I was making ungodly amounts of money for very part-time work, not very hard work. 
and uh, met a lot of celebrities and people like that. And it, it was a lot of fun. But we, we knew that we wanted to move on and develop this process to, to, on a consumer level, that, that machine. And that's what we did. We did, just uh, basically took what, what you're seeing, like the guys use at the airports, those machines that they're you know, pushing forward, you know, and they're, but it's pulling to one side. And so we've corrected that. So now it's a, it's a forward drive technology. So you, it's almost like a hybrid robot, you know, you just sort of steer it around and it's doing the work for you and it's battery powered. And, you know, uh, it's just cutting, cutting edge technology for what we do. It's, 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 it's not, you know, very glamorous, like, you know, being a rock star, like a Roomba. Know. It's like a, not like a Roomba mopper. Yeah, it's more of it's it's more of a hybrid. You, know, you can check it out. Go to, go to ymop.us, ymop.us, and you can see me and Yale, you know, kind of telling our story. But uh, it's it like I say, more of a hybrid. It would be like it would be like uh, something that is it's moving on its own. So you're not you, you've removed the pushing and pulling aspect of what you're doing, and you're just steering it around. So your your handle has become more of a steering system. So still a lot a lot less work and very effective cleaning. You know, um, so that'd be so more like an we were, we, industrial market for like hotels and stuff like that. No, actually everything, but we were actually launching consumer first. Um, we were apparently the star of the show at this VDTA show, which is like the, the, the most famous for all these guys like Dyson and, you know, whatever, you know, it's, 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 the, it's the most important show. And everybody told us we were the big head Good of the show. Good for you. Wow. That's and fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got some some great offers some for some big players. I don't, I don't want to say their names, but no, 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 yeah, yeah. they are. Well, yeah. I hope that mm, one but, day uh, it's your machines in the Safeway instead of those like rug doctors because those things suck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I told Graham in a uh, in an email that I I'm going to send you one of them as a Patreon payment. And oh, we're we're still at this. this yeah, did you tell so me that? We're, we're in the, we're I did actually, yes. Oh yes. wow, I missed that part. The rug cleaner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah, if you if you yeah go to the website, you'll see the the uh, the Wymop uh, twenty. It's, it's released in twenty twenty. That's the one we'll send you. Wow, that's fantastic. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, but me and my business partner, we haven't taken salaries this whole time. It is, uh, you know the quintessential starving entrepreneur story. When I went back home to the U S this time, I was sleeping on the warehouse floor, my <laughs> friend's warehouse <in> the corner, <laughs> you know, that's how, you know, broke you were getting this over the finish line, you know? But, so you're renting out, like, do you just rent out part of that factory? You're talking about this 170 people. Like you're just using that factory to build it. Uh, you're talking about the factory in China. Yeah. Uh, the fact that's uh, in Zhongshan. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we had a licensee. Our, our, so we have a very, very similar story to, to Dyson, but uh, we had a licensee that uh, didn't perform, and so we ended up removing them. And it was you know, a process of, of meeting the factory and introducing ourselves and saying, "Hey, we're actually the IP holders and all that." And they were actually so you know disgruntled about the whole situation; they were just ready to tank it all. And you know, hey, you wasted two years on this, blah blah blah. But we convinced them to work with us and do, you know, this upgraded model and everything. And, you know, since we've become very good friends with the family, you know, and everything, and, and, uh, we're all in it together now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's a wild story, man. It's like write a book, you know, m movie. 
nothing comes easy. You know, it's been a really long road. Well, I hope it all explodes into into fruition for you. I mean, that sounds like a great story. Yeah, appreciate it. You know, uh, it's, it's uh, been, been a lot of fun. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, it's, it's been just a just a wild experience. I was telling uh, uh, Graham before you uh, came in, Darren, about the rock and roll scene out here uh, in Shekka division of um, Shenzhen, and I literally got to be a rock star here. You know, literally, I, I, I went home to my eye doctor this last time, telling him about you know how it's been here. I said, "Man, I have no fantasies left, honestly." You know, the life that I've been able to live. You know. Excellent. Yeah, that's fantastic. So hopefully everything gets cleared up and it doesn't keep spreading around China. And, and then we'll come can, visit. Yeah, and you guys can get. Uh, yeah. yeah, please come visit. Um, you know, there's a. We're gonna wait website. a few months. It's uh, if you check out John Hopkins uh, website for it has a map of where all the viruses are breaking out and what the numbers are, how many have been cured and all that. I, I can send that over to you. I'll check. I'll, we'll find it. I'll check it out. I think I've seen it. Yeah. China's yeah. definitely on the list of stuff. I'd look places I'd like to go, but I just feel like I should wait a couple months. We'll let this blow oh, over. At least. Yeah, and, no, uh, definitely. And, and, and come come to Shenzhen. People that live in China from you know uh, Beijing or Shanghai or whatever, they'll all tell you Shenzhen is their favorite city. It's it's the place to be. And and if you ever have any immigration problems or whatever, you're just right across the bay from Hong Kong. You know, so it's really easy to uh, solve any problems. What's the population of Shenzhen? Over twenty million. Wow. And I heard. Jesus. Yeah, and I heard that. Yeah. And, we're, it's, and the city is only 40 years old. See, that's that's the thing about Shenzhen. We're, we're an anomaly here. We're really lucky because Shen, they call Shenzhen nobody's hometown. It's only 40 years old. Everybody moved here from somewhere else. And everybody leaves for Chinese New Year. Everybody left right before the outbreak happened, right? And then they wouldn't let them back. So 20 million people. We've only had two deaths here in Shenzhen. Oh, wow. Interesting. 20 million people. That's like half, that's half of Canada. Yeah. yeah in one city. <laughs> More than half of yeah. Canada in one city. I mean, that'd be fun though. I can handle that for for a couple of days. I mean, it'd probably be a bit much after a bit. So I, I guess, I guess China really has this mix of ancient culture as well as like this Shenzhen where it's modern, like super modern. Uh, like, have yeah. you been around to the yeah. ancient? Like, I get the feeling that there's old stuff that's way older than people think when they think of China. I, you know, I, I, I have to say, I'm really guilty. I have not actually seen other parts of uh, China. Uh, I've stayed within about two hours away from here, uh, Hong Kong, uh, Zhongshan, places like that. You know, just very close by. Carl, did, Carl has seen all, all of China. You know, yeah. but um, you're absolutely right. You know, it, 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 it there are, it, there's, a, there's a big contrast. But I, I, I'll tell you what, though, this is just a time when I, I knew that China changed. This was maybe about four years ago. I was on one of my bike rides, a really nice hybrid bike that I built here, and I like to go biking around here. And I was coming back on a ride, and there was this woman with a fishing hat on riding an old pigeon bicycle, right, with a drop tube, right? Yeah. And on the drop tube, she had, she had an iPad mount, and she was watching a high-definition Chinese movie. 
And I looked over and just went, man, China, it's just not the same. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been really interesting being there in the last 10 years where, like you said, smartphones and social media has exploded. Everything's become more connected. It must be very interesting. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's too bad because when I first got here to Shenzhen, especially Shekel, it was a lot more of the wild, wild west. All, all the cameras weren't up yet, you know, and they just weren't so strict. You know, the police would just kind of just mostly ignore everything, you know, so just leave you alone. And now, you know, they've cracked down on quite a bit. You know, just make sure, Darren, when, when you come here, just make sure, like, you, you shave your head and you haven't had anything in you for at least th- three weeks. Because wow. they're very strict here. Yeah, really? I ain't coming to China. Yeah. Fuck China. <laughs> so, is it? Are they pretty strict with people's I'll freedom? Meet, what too? about like, Shanghai? What about uh, Hong Kong? Can I meet you there? Or are they yeah. the same shit? No problem. No, Hong Kong's okay. Okay, I'll meet yeah. you there. We'll meet in Hong Kong. Yeah, you know, and it. Yeah, it was only over the last couple of years too. I remember uh, uh, the skate park where I skate at. Uh, it's pretty close to me here, and. Uh, all the guys were like smoking grass in, in the in the pro shop and stuff, you know, just out in the open. And then all of a sudden, just like one weekend, they cracked down. They arrested all these people at a wow. rave party and everything. And then they got really strict. They started raiding all the bars and like, you know, doing urine tests. Doing urine tests. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And if you fail the urine test, then what? Are you off to the gulag? Uh, yeah, what what you have to go mandatory fifteen days in jail, and then a lot of people get deported. A mandatory wow. fifteen days. Well, I could do fifteen days. Uh, you would. You have to lay on like a little piece of concrete on the floor. Like it's like my friend told me he actually had it happen to him, and he said it was terrible. You know, they didn't throw him out though for some reason. I can't remember why. He had some kind of co- connections and stuff. But I've had some other friends that got caught, and then they threw them out or they were in jail for a long time. But it's, 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 it's not like, um, Singapore, they're not going to kill you. You know what I mean? They're, they're really just going to keep you and then like send you out of here, you know? So what's it like for people's freedom in general there? Is it like communist? Cause you know, you hear all the, you know, over mm, here, you I'll hear you communist now. China and it's all just, you know, slavery and all that. But well, other than not being able to own a gun, you know, uh, and, not really having, I guess, open free speech. I, I don't. I don't really think there's m- much. You know, I feel actually more free here in many ways. You know, I can walk downstairs, go buy a beer, pop it open, walk down the sidewalk. No one's going to bother me. Yeah, you know? that's, that's what's How weird. We get yeah, jumped on and arrested in in the U.S. for an open container. You know, but just a, a lot of stuff is just like that here. And and we all talk to each other. You know, we just don't we don't do it publicly. You know, there's no protest and things like that but i'll tell you what in many ways it's like you kind of appreciate that there's no protests you know there's only one party here okay so there's no other party to blame when something's not going right everyone just blames the one party you there yep yep okay yeah that's interesting that's interesting it's just uh, you're not you're not separated you're not separated like like they are down in the states right now you're separated between the the people and, and the one party as opposed to the two party illusion. Yeah. So the government really wants to keep the people happy for the most part. You know, they want to keep the economy going. They've, they've opened up. We, we are not living under communism here. We're living under forced capitalism and the, you know, the, they've got a winning, winning formula right now. They're letting the people thrive and, and they are thriving. 
Wow, that's interesting. What about the protests in Hong Kong? Well, that's different. You know, like here, especially like we try not to even comment on social media and stuff. You know, we could get in a lot of trouble really quickly, obviously. So, uh, I, you know, I talked to a few people, you know, on Facebook and stuff, you know, and I, I, I say, you know, I sympathize with you, man, but let's face it. You don't have any guns. There's nothing you can do. In the end, you're going to kneel down and you're going to be their bitch. You know, there's nothing you can do in the very end. Your constitution didn't come with the right to defend yourself against the government, you know, and, and, and don't look to, to, uh, the UK, to, to Britain, to help you out with, uh, free speech. You can't even have free speech in Britain. If I say something wrong about, you know, on, on Facebook, they can come and knock on my door and arrest me. They're not going to help you with free speech out in the streets. You're on your own, you know? So we feel for them. I hope it works out. You know, I hope the Chinese government works something out and have more gain by it being a prosperous economy than by, you know, by breaking that, making us all move to Singapore with our bank accounts and, you know, corporations. Yeah. France seems to do a pretty good job with no guns, though. Or does France have some guns? Can you have a gun in France? I feel like you can't. But they just go out and fucking run into stuff with trucks and beat people with their little things, with their little vests on. I mean, I I got a lot of respect for these French people more than I did before this shit started, I got to say. I mean, not that I didn't respect French people, but I mean, they, they use those guys back. are they fucking go-getters, yeah, man. They don't put up with shit, really. They're still, they're still protesting. So is Hong Kong in lo- lockdown as well now, then? Uh, they are... I'm not sure to what degree, but I know if I'm seeing them on Facebook and stuff and they're all my friends and they're wearing masks and, and whatnot. And it's, it's probably incredibly restricted. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's to varying degrees. Like for example, if I go to the other side of town in Futian, I know that the, the policy was if there's four or more people living in an apartment, only one can leave a day. Right. Uh, so it depends on where you're at now. And the closer you get to Hubei province or, or uh, Wuhan, the stricter it's going to be. Our factory manager made the mistake of going and visiting his girlfriend in Wuhan right before this happened. So he's stuck there and he just told me he's going to be there for like almost another three weeks. And then he'll have this strict protocol coming back, you know. But, um, <laughs> you know, and like, for example, our landlord is from Wuhan. Uh, by the way. Let's say this publicly. I have the coolest landlord in China. He's <laughs> the most wonderful guy. He's had us over for lunch, you know, a few times. And he's he knows the project we've been working on. He knows we've been struggling. And he's been working with us on the rent and everything, you know. Wow. And he he's from Wuhan, so he can't come to my building because he didn't go home. He didn't go back, but they'll check him out and they'll get very suspicious, you know, and, and he could get into, you know, some kind of a you know, review of his past, you know, or whatever. Right. So, yeah. 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 Interesting. It's a real paradox of freedom there. In some ways it's freer and in some ways you're more restricted. It's such, so interesting. So it looks like yeah, you can't have guns uh, in France. You can have guns, just not automatics. You can even have AR-15s, fuck's sakes. You can have a semi-automatic rifle as long as it's longer than 60 centimeters. So that's an yeah, AR-15. I think, I think I've, uh, what's, what's Canada like? I don't, I don't really know. Oh, yeah. I can go get an AR-15. Yeah, but I can only have a uh, seven-shot clip. That's the rule in Canada. Only seven shots. Uh, 
I could have like 10 seven shot clips, so I just got to get fast at changing them. So I figure what you want to do is you have a bunch of guns with clips in them and you know, you have someone switching them out for you if you, if you have to fight the government. But I don't yeah, think we'll have I, to do that I, here. I, We're not going to be fighting any governments in Canada. We're pretty docile. But, I mean, you go to Cabela's here and there's just stacks of guns. Like, I was at Cabela's last night looking at uh, guns. And you can, there's some, I mean, I hadn't gone into Canada and looked at guns in a long time. And I was just kind of down in Texas seeing all the stuff they had. So I was kind of like, I walked into Cabela's and I was like, whoa. You know, it's like all the same shit I just seen in Texas you can get here. It's just got a smaller clip. And no handguns. Yeah. Yeah. But you can get a yeah, handgun have, if it's old and an antique. Yeah, I don't think I don't think handguns are what they're trying to suppress. I have I have a theory about that. They're they target um, guns that can uh, um, lock down a perimeter. You know, like at Bundy Ranch. You know, they they don't want you to be able to take them on at a distance. Because they used to really be hard on handguns, like in the U.S., you know, it's like very strict policies. They were cracking down more. And then they suddenly sort of abandoned that, you know. I tell you, man, I know word on the street out here in China is you're not going to have to worry about guns soon. They have electronic devices that can that can do some serious damage, you know. Uh, uh, something the size of a phone that has a capacitor. You don't even have to have battery. It can be already charged up. Little laser shots, you know. They have lasers that... Um, you can shine up to a, a a plane passing overhead, right? With a little tiny battery, right? I don't need that. I just need one pulse that will shoot through you at short range. You know, you do that with a capacitor. Jesus. So, yeah, the technology's coming, and that's how come they're not really worried about that. They're worried about long range. That's interesting. I didn't realize there was such a difference between a like an AR-15 and a handgun for range. Well, an AR-15 is not going to give you a whole ton of range. It's still only a two-two-three. But if you get into like uh, the like a thirty-thirty, you could take something down at you know fifteen hundred yards if you could pin it down a thousand for sure. I mean, but if you get into like a three hundred or a fifty cal, you can get those in Canada and just take something down at fucking two three kilometers. Yeah, yeah but not, but uh, that's going to be one shot, and it's going to make a giant mess. So Graham, are I'm, you are you uh, also a gun owner? I've, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not either. But, no, uh, I'm not into the guns really. I wouldn't mind a bow and arrow one day, but uh, I was checking out the crossbows yesterday. There's some sick co- sick crossbows. Yeah, I used to have like a 50 pound just a just a normal bow from my uncle that he gave me. I we tore just up, I tore we, up my fence when I was young. We actually, yeah, we actually just speaking of crossbows, we actually just sent a uh, complimentary uh, mop to uh, Shemaine Nugent, Ted's wife. Oh yeah, cool. For the record, I'm not really a told, gun guy. I just like hunting. That's what I'm getting into hunting. Yeah. I'm not really into like I don't really just like shooting. You're not into militias and stuff like that. Well, no, I want my guns just in case. But like I said, I was explaining to Natasha that I'm not the gun guy that needs a loaded gun in the bedroom. I'm the gun guy. My gun can be at my buddy's place across town, but I just need it. I figure the situations I think I'm going to need a gun, I'll have a couple weeks. You know, it's like, okay, the power's out. Okay, fuck, I better go get the guns because in a week shit might start popping off or, 
zombie apocalypse, I'll probably have some time to go get the guns or the government started <laughs> fucking shooting people in Ottawa. So, okay, well, they're going to get to Alberta soon. Better go get the guns. In Canada, I worry a lot less about my door getting kicked in and me needing to defend myself. That's not really something that crosses my mind. It's more, honestly, it's like this whole thing that our whole society is built on a giant house of cards, it really seems like. And it's like, it seems like those cards could start falling out someday. And if that happens, I might want some guns around. Because the people who aren't prepared are just going to come and try and eventually they're going to get hungry enough to just start trying to take the shit from the people that are prepared. Yeah. Yeah. So Can't are you, even blame are you worried about a zombie apocalypse, Darren? Can't rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> They've been flashing us with zombie apocalypse movies for a long time, and I can't help but feel like there's a reason for that. <laughs> Is it they're prepping us? Huh? They're prepping us okay. so that we're not super shocked when the zombie apocalypse starts. <laughs> when we see some zombies, we're kind of ready. <laughs> Aim for the head. I mean, you, you, I could walk around downtown Calgary and I see a bunch of zombies walking into stuff while they stare at the s- smartphones, but somehow I don't think that's it. Yeah. Well, I think well, we're getting, I think we're kinda... becoming a more lawless society in a lot of ways. I mean, they're not dealing with crime at all in a lower level. Here. That I, I agree and, with that, and that's that's what scares me is that the you know the big crimes and the small crimes don't get uh, and I couple, at, but I still got to pay for my fucking speeding tickets when I'm and I couple that with over. the fact that I don't think guns are going to be on the table forever. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to be a lot harder to take them from me than it will be to stop me from stop somebody from buying them. Yeah. So it's better just to have a couple now while you can get them, not because you're crazy, just because. You know, you probably have an axe in your shed and you probably have a saw and you probably have a couple other tools that'll come in handy if you need them. And a gun's just another tool that might come in handy if you need it. Sure. You know, I, I think about this sometimes. Okay, in China, you can't have a gun, right? What if, she, what if you lived in an area of whatever where there's like tigers or something or animals totally. that can attack and kill you? You can't even defend yourself against wild animals. Totally. And that's just like parts of, ch- you know, it's funny because that came up today because I was, we were walking around the bush and I'm like, I'm sure glad that there's like nothing, you know, you got to worry about grizzlies a little bit, but not right now. I mean, that's the one thing you might have to worry about in North America is a, is a grizzly. If it, that you couldn't kill with a gun is what you're saying. Or? Yeah. Like you, you, well, yeah. Like, Wolves, you could probably scare them off. If a cougar or something comes, you could probably shoot it. But if a grizzly's charging at you and you got to like, you got to cock that gun every time, you got one shot, maybe two. So the grizzly you got to watch, but a tiger, holy fuck, man. You're not even going to get a chance to shoot. It's just going to be like, bam. Yeah. Like they come at you so fast. Like, oh. I didn't even think about that. Can you imagine you got to walk around and work in your rice field and you can't even have something to protect you from the tiger? <laughs> Quantum meditation will not save you. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Keep it your might head save up, John. You. I mean, you might, you might, you know, you might sense it coming. You might, your intuition might kick in. There might be some space enough there to realize that. You know, well, hopefully you can get yourself one of those laser guns soon. You can feel the you know the hair on the back of your neck stand up. I mean, maybe if you weren't doing the meditation, you wouldn't feel that. 
Unless you meditate and you know the tiger's there. Yeah. So you just realize you're about to get mauled or you like, run <laughs> no, away? No, you, no, you, you get, get away quick enough. Okay. Yeah, right so on. Suddenly, suddenly the, the answer comes to you. you I should have had a gun. Yeah. I should have had a gun. <laughs> <laughs> right before you, you get eaten. <laughs> well, John, we... Uh, Thanks for putting up with all our stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are we? I think uh, anything else to get to before we start wrapping it up? It's up to you guys. Uh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I should probably just let people know how they can access the videos. You know, when I when I first made those videos, I had planned to monetize them, and now it would be more investment into advertising and marketing and all that, getting it out there, you know, for me to recoup my investment. So I'm just putting it out there for people to access it. You know, it's my gift to the world. Uh, I put up a Facebook page yesterday and I got two nice clean uploads. The, oh, okay. the, the uploads that are on YouTube are, are not good. I'm, I think I'm going to take the ones off of YouTube. They're just, for some reason, sometimes I have problems with uh, YouTube getting um, a better quality. So I'll send, I sent you the link for the Facebook page. So feel free to post that if you want. Okay. And, uh, it's, it, that it's a centered meditation video or centered meditation series, but really the name of the page is centered meditation video and the videos are there and it's a community page. It's not a brand. Everybody wants to go there and post other videos or if they want to post comments, you know, positive affirmations, whatever, you know, Go at it. Uh, if anybody wants to take the video and pass it around, they can. If somebody wants to get a better quality directly from me and do something with it, they can. If they even, if, even if they want to monetize it, that's fine. You know, I'm off on to something else. No, that's cool, though. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that. It was a good meditation. It's really interesting for people, especially for people that want to learn how to meditate and to get centered and focused. I'll have to I check it out. Yeah, I haven't even good, seen so. it yet. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Is Carl there now? No, I don't think so. Is he in the States? Carl's in D.C. Yeah, he he went back with his Chinese wife last year. Good you know. timing. He escaped. He, he escaped. escaped. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John. Well, thanks, man. We'll put that in the in the show notes and stuff, and we'll. Uh, Godspeed, we'll sir. I'll be uh, thinking right, about guys. you and hoping that you stay good and your temperature stays down. <laughs> thanks for the, for the uh, positive visualization. Don't and get sa- caught smoking guys, weed. Man. Yeah, my 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 premonition about your show is you're going to be bigger than joe rogan <laughs> thanks buddy if you're not already thanks we're not quite there yet thanks so you're like the third person that said that i don't know if i want to be bigger than joe rogan it seems like yeah, fucking we don't headache. yeah we don't want to be that i want to be just like a little smaller than joe rogan just the right size <laughs> that i can eke out a living and not get exactly. noted, recognized in public <laughs> yeah <laughs> just enough to make ends meet for yeah a while. <laughs> Uh, thanks, John. So, uh, hey, Lean Lean. Lean Lean, come and say goodbye. Bye. Say goodbye. Bye. Good vibes. Bye. Good vibes. <laughs> she knows your theme song, Cry America. Good vibes. <laughs> Good vibes. Right, guys. Awesome. See you, John. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right. Okay, Peace, keep in love, touch. Joy and bliss. All Absolutely. Right. Okay, thanks. Keep that temperature down. Bye for now. Okay. That was our chat with John Nira from China, from Zhengzhou, is it? That, yeah, that the computer. 20 million, the, 20 million, 20 million people. people. They've got like 100 cities with over a million people in it. Like to think about that.
Like Calgary is like in that category. Probably technically might even be lower. But like Calgary and Calgary's and, over a million. Yeah. So it's a hundred cities at least the size of Calgary. How many do we have? Four? Five. Montreal. Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary. Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary. Yeah. I mean, actually Burnaby's probably up there and and um Maybe Ottawa? Not, maybe not Burnaby, Ottawa. Ottawa is going to be like, close to uh, You know, there's like uh, some, like Richmond even, I don't know what the population of uh, some of those lower mainland cities are pretty, pretty big, but. Here you have it, Canadian cities by population. Toronto, 5.4 million. Montreal, 3.5 million. Vancouver, 2.2 million. Calgary, 1.2 million. That, that's it? Uh, then I had to click on the link. Edmonton, 1.062 million. Oh, wow. They're quite big too. Yeah. And then Ottawa, 989,000. Yeah. So there'll yeah. be a million next year. Yeah. So we'll be up to six cities of a million people, I would yeah. say within the next year or two. Yeah. yeah. And then like Winnipeg's not, Winnipeg's been hovering around 700,000 for as long as I can remember. So it's not going to get there anytime soon. <laughs> Some Winnipeg's just not growing. No. Some cities just don't. They're going the opposite way. People are moving out of those cold ass cities. Anyways, it was good to New talk London's to London's still 383,000. That's a nice little get, town. Get a little inside scoop about the virus and what's going on there, which makes me feel a little bit better about, you know, still not totally. believing Maybe I should exactly have just went home. And, it seems like I showed up here and the audio went to shit. Yeah, but that's okay. Thanks for coming, buddy. All I'm right. to save all that stuff. Big thanks to John for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for tuning and listening. Uh, big thanks to you guys who support the show, gramerica.ca slash support. We love yous for it. You the best. Um, yeah, this one was a little bit of extra editing because I probably took the time to edit out all that crap that happened. Maybe I didn't, but I think I did. Uh, gramerica.ca slash support. Check out all the stuff in the show notes. Spam, gram. Review the show. Sign your friends up for this motherfucker. Uh, review the show wherever you can, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, I don't care. Review the show wherever you can. Uh, does help. Share the show. Sign people up for the newsletter. Love each other. Spread good vibes. Oh, join the chats. America.ca slash chats. I think we had like 30 people join the chats in the last yeah, week. Yeah, lots so of people. So it seems yeah, like a good time. Good. Yep, the yep. chats are popping. America.ca slash chats. Other than that, thanks for living, listening. We love you. And living in, too. And living in, too. That's important. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. I feel safe. I feel safe when I'm with you. It must be your grace. How you skate in figure eights. Beneath the spinning disco ball High skate, a high skate, a high skate In figure eights, in figure eights, in figure eights Beneath the spinning, beneath the spinning, beneath the spinning
willow, beneath the willow, beneath the willow, tree with you. What a catch, what a catch, what a catch. You're so smart, so very smart, so very smart. Spinning disco ball. 